0: And and just giving yourself permission to take that break and also giving yourself permission to unfollow anyone who just doesn't make you feel good is n- the number one thing. Whether you snooze them, hide them, unfollow, whatever you need to do for you, your mental health comes first.
1: To the New Mamas Podcast. This podcast was created to help first time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and to talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger and photographer by mid afternoon. And as a first time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. So, New Mamas, let's do it. Let's kick off the episode and get to the good stuff. Hey everyone, today I'm joined by Jessica Abo, who is an award-winning journalist and author of Unfiltered, How to Be As Happy As You Look on Social Media. Her book empowers readers with tools that they can use to take back their happiness in real life. Jessica... Thank you so much for joining me today. I know you have quite the resume and I didn't want to take over, so I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure, so I spent 20
0: years working as a TV news reporter and anchor in different markets and always wanted to write a book to help empower people initially this book was supposed to be called chief empowerment officer how to be the ceo of your life Ooh. but early on i said to my husband you know i i started writing the proposal under this title and i really resonated with this title but now I just sort of feel like everywhere I'm going people keep saying they have to sign offline because it makes them really upset when they go on and they see everyone else's posts and I just feel like the title I picked is really rah-rah and I don't know if someone walking through an airport would see this book and want to grab it for a flight. So I called the publisher and I said I just want to write about what people keep chatting about which is this whole idea of being as happy as we look on social media. So we switched the title. I rewrote the whole book in six weeks. And I've been trying to help people through this book ever since. And somewhere in there, uh, my book and daughter were due the same day. I made a bi-coastal move. And uh, thanks to the past year and having to cancel all of my in-person speeches, I've focused more on virtual events and media training and that has been incredibly rewarding during such a crazy time for all of us. And that brings us up to today.
1: Wow, girl, that is quite the journey. And it's so funny that you mentioned about the title of your book because literally I like I kept thinking like this the title of this book is so catching. I would a hundred percent grab it off like an airport Book stand because it I can't think of a topic more relevant than than it than social media and our happiness today, because, yeah, as you mentioned, like in the past year, you know, a lot of us are at home. A lot of us had to be very social on social media and it's interesting at least for my personal journey now that you know things are starting to open back up again and I use that with a grain of salt but you know we're we're able with vaccines and everything we're able to connect more in person I'm finding myself struggling with social media addiction and also with comparing myself with other mothers on social media having become a mother yourself do you have any specific advice for mothers who get stuck in comparing themselves to others on social?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the first is that it's normal and we all do it, even though we're smart and we send people into space and we cure diseases. It actually <laughs> is a lot of work for us to remind ourselves that our brains are wired to care about what people think about us. We're wired to care about what other people are doing. And we have to train our brain in the same way we would go to the gym and work out our our body to get a six pack. We actually have to work that hard to remind ourselves that what we're seeing isn't someone's whole story and mm-hmm. remind ourselves that it's a highlight reel and we're looking at curated information. But what's crazy is when I was doing research for the book, one of the things that stood out so much was talking to the psychologist and we were chatting about the fact that even if you have lunch with someone and that person tells you, I'm having a really bad time in my marriage or I'm having a really bad you know, day at my job, We'll listen to that person and we'll take what they say, and we'll believe them. But then two hours later, if we see that same person post something online that makes it look like their life is picture perfect, we'll actually believe that post, even though we know the truth behind what's actually happening in that photo. And it's crazy to me that we would we would get caught up in the the media that you know, this person is presenting to the world instead of the real story that they shared with us over lunch. So our brains are really funny that way. And we have to remind ourselves at all times to take a step back, not fall into that compare and despair trap, figure out when we're going online, what are the posts that trigger us the the most, and then, you know, get to the root of our rut and do an audit and ask ourselves, are we really doing everything that we possibly can to go from where we are to where we want to be? And if we're not, then that same energy that you'll spend stress scrolling online, I think would be better spent investing in yourself and in your dreams and where you want to go.
1: Wow. That's the energy right there. And I feel like you already started to allude to this, but in your book, you encourage the reader to identify what's really at the root of their unhappiness. And I love that you mentioned triggers, right? how can someone start that journey into themselves? Well,
0: it looks different for everyone. And for someone, it might be finding a therapist to work with and pursue talk therapy and be able to dig deep into their past to unpack certain things that they've been holding on to that no longer serve them. It could be people who are trying to take care of themselves and their mental health and all of the tips and tricks in the world are not what they need at this moment. They might need to chat with someone to find the right treatment for them. And I think it's hard to put people in a bucket when it comes to how people can help themselves because we all need something different at different times from different people and from ourselves. But some of the things that we can do are look at ourselves and figure out what works for us. So for someone like me, you know, I, I happen to find that whether I'm giving a big presentation and I'm, I'm a little nervous or I just find myself, you know, maybe, um, being a little more like low vibration that day and getting caught up in someone's post and thinking like, you know, gosh, like I'm falling into that compare and despair trap today myself. Like I love energy work and Tapping essential oils, breathing for a few minutes. Um, I'm still trying to work on meditation, but I'm one of those people who sort of says, like, I can never find time to do it consistently, which, you know, is probably part of the problem. But, you know, for some people, it might just be, you know what, I'm going to take my phone and I'm not going to log on for 24 hours or for a week for others it might be going for a run or doing yoga or taking a nap or taking a shower it might be picking up the phone and calling a friend they haven't talked to in a while so i think there are lots of things that we can do that come to self care it might even be listening to your favorite song on repeat for you know a, a car ride and and just giving yourself permission to take that break and also giving yourself permission to unfollow anyone who just doesn't make you feel good is the number one thing, whether you snooze them, hide them, unfollow, whatever you need to do for you, your mental health comes first.
1: Mm, I love that. Oh, and I want to say there is nothing more energy resetting than a hot shower.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that you give. It's true. There is not one one size fits all strategy here. And for me, something that I started to do is, you know, because I told you I was falling into that compare game. I felt this addiction to always be on and always be on call with Clubhouse and now a Clubhouse with a new social channel entering the ring. I felt like the pressure was just double to keep up. So something that I've started to do was to start locking my phone downstairs for the night. So almost like putting my phone to bed. And then I have this whole other life after a certain hour outside of my phone where I read, I watch TV, I spend time with my husband, and I don't touch my phone until 10am. And my day starts early with, you know, a little guy. So it's and that for me has worked. Now I've known others that have to do that drastic social media detox of not touching their phone for a week. And I think that just goes to show exactly there's not a one-size-fits-all solution here.
0: I love that you do that. And kudos to you because I'm on Clubhouse, too. And I have to tell you, (laughs) it's an amazing platform. But when I first got on, I said to my husband at some point, like, my goodness, this is just one more platform to make you feel yes. or you know that you can easily feel i need to be on it all the time or what am i missing out on and i just felt like even for myself like goodness gracious i don't have that kind of time at this moment mm-hmm. in my life to be a part of all these amazing rooms and yep. that's okay and i have found and and one of the psychologists that i interviewed in the book recommended this too turning off alerts Is really empowering because half of the time that we reply to, half of the time that we respond to our phone, like where we pick it up and we are answering a phone call or a ding or a buzz or what have you, it's because someone's really on the other end. But the other half of the time, we think that we're missing out on something. And we are actually reacting to a phantom buzz. So then we end up spending precious time that we didn't even need to be spending on our phone in the first place, all because we think and we're worried about, you know, someone posting to our last selfie and we're missing it. So I love that you lock your phone and what a great example you're setting for your family in terms of what boundaries look like.
1: Wow, thank you so much. I I hope so. It was a necessary thing. It's so funny. I felt the same way about Clubhouse and especially the pressure of when you see others in your industry or people who are, you know, directly in line with you. Like I'll see other motherhood podcasters and they're hosting rooms and they're joining all of the rooms about all of the topics. And I only have space in my life to join it at, lo- like I would multitask, like at l- I would eat, make and eat lunch and be on Clubhouse house or I'd be on my Peloton and be on clubhouse and that multitasking just to stay just to keep up it was so unhealthy it really wasn't a sustainable strategy for me for my mental health it's like making a cake with a third of the
0: ingredients because (laughs) you're only you're only in everything a third of yourself and And that, that's just not serving us the best way possible. And I've done, and I've done it too. And, you know, I think what I have to realize is being that I'm a media trainer, there are so many other people who do media training. So when I see people sign on who are also in my industry, and I completely Mm -hmm. understand what you mean, I just have to remind myself that I'm going to reach the people I reach and they're going to work with me because it's me. And every person on planet earth who does media training could tell you how to set up your shot or to speak with confidence or You know, the tips and tricks that sometimes overlap. But if someone's going to work with me, it's going to be because they want my take and they want my experience. And someone who works with someone else is going to work with them because they either found them faster, they want them and their experience. But there is enough business to go around because the world is a really big place. And I think, especially when you're on Instagram and you see the people you follow, or you're on Clubhouse. And you get pinged by the same people all day, every day. It can make (laughs) our world feel really, really small. Like Mm -hmm. there's a club of 20 of us and we're all going at it at the same time. And that's just not the case. There are millions of people that we can be reaching. And it's up to us to figure out how we are going to reach those people.
1: I love how you put that. And I love the part about, you know, there's enough business to go around. That abundance mindset is such a great energy shift. Like there is enough work for all of us. There is enough ears and it, for, for everyone to listen when it comes to me for podcasting. And like you mentioned, too, about the right fit. And I think a lot of people listening, I know a lot of my mamas are business owners and they have their own hustles, and I think they're always in a constant state of competition, but it is having that mindset of it's about the right fit and the right energy and someone that might not be the right client for you is the right client for someone else and vice versa. So I yeah, love that.
0: And, and I just want to give you a lot of credit because I follow you on Instagram and long before we connected for this podcast episode. I had seen your posts and you are someone who shows up for your audience, but you also are honest. And I just find that so refreshing because so many people have these very glossy photo shoots, but there isn't that real story component with it. So I really just want to give you credit for being someone who speaks her truth and shows up for her audience, but is true to who you are all along the way, because it's, it's amazing and it's wonderful and it's important. And I, I hope that you're
1: inspiring other people in your community to be who they are at the same time. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. I think it's hard sometimes to be authentic in a world that does value a lot of those very staged moments and I'm, I'm sure you understand this as well you know being in media and it's it's walking that type tight ba- that tightrope right of balancing all the right things to get to con- for, for your Instagram feed the standout which sounds so shallow but then also still communicating the real stuff like one of the things I posted I posted a text from my husband he texted me and he was like hey I'm sorry we've been so disconnected lately I miss you even though we live in the same house and it was kind of a deeply personal moment but the reason why I shared it on Instagram was because like we were mentioning the highlight reel we just see pictures of happy couples all the time but we don't see the story behind it that it's very much that you can love someone and live in the same house and be home 24 7 but not really see each other so yeah it's just been nice it's been therapeutic for me too to be vulnerable and to share I think I think it's
0: amazing I actually saw that post and and thought just how how wonderful it was that you have a community that you can hold space for in such an honest and real way. I thought, I thought it was really, really great.
1: Thank you. So in your book, you talk about toxic relationships and inevitable friend shifts. I love how you put that. I've been through my fair share of friend shifts, as you put it all for different reasons. What do you think leads to inevitable friendships?
0: Oh my gosh, so many things. I think sometimes we outgrow certain relationships and, Mm -hmm. and, and I think sometimes it's because we're, we're evolving as people. And, you know, I interviewed for my entrepreneur.com segment, um, Dr. Edith Eager. She's a Holocaust survivor, a psychologist, a bestselling author, and she put it best she said that in life we either evolve or we revolve Ooh, and i wow. think what happens is sometimes is when you're in a group and you're working on yourself or you want more for, for where wherever you are in life people around you might not fit with the version of you when you grow to that next stage to that next dimension and it's very hard to put yourself back in an old box with dimensions that no longer fit who you are. So that's one reason why I think friendships happen. Other times I think what happens is you could be the first person in your group to go through something that no one else in your group has experienced. And as a result, there's a disconnect between what you need and what they can give you. And that can sometimes make friendships shift in a way that there's um more distance or disconnect over time, but sometimes it's also you realize who you were and what you needed in a, a, a person or a group is different from what you need now um, and you realize that how you were treated back then might have been acceptable, but now, as you are you know growing and learning and around new people who might treat you better, you realize wait a minute, like I don't have to settle for this and i'm I'm going to walk away, and then other times we're just we're just you know sort of outed and um and you know, we don't know why, and that can also be the other friendship, you know like people tend to bond over not liking someone, and this can mm-hmm. happen in a group setting, and you might not have done anything wrong, but maybe you have a little bit more happiness than the others around you, and for that reason alone, everybody else sort of decides there's not room for you anymore but it's only because their level of happiness doesn't match your level of happiness and the only way for them to feel happy is to sort of bring you down a notch and like that's not a group of friends anybody wants so i think there are so many reasons why so many reasons why we can shift over time from the groups of friends we're a part of it's a really hurtful painful process whatever the reason is it's just human nature i think for us to want to belong and feel like we're supported. And when we don't feel those feelings and we don't feel like what we give is reciprocated, it really does feel like very cold and it doesn't feel good.
1: Yeah. Wow. I just got chills with your every word because I feel like I've been through every single one of those scenarios. And I think a lot of women who are listening probably have too And it's so funny, like, we always talk about breakups, like, in relationships, like, when we're going through, like, the dating phase and everything, but I think there's still a lot of room left to talk about friendship breakups and how hurtful and painful they can be. and. I like to think of friendships in the peaks and valleys of your life. Like sometimes you might have friends where you really align and you're in the same life stage and that's your peak. And then there might be a valley where maybe someone's going through a different life stage than you or vice versa and you are maybe lose touch. But then you'll reach that peak again when you do have that connect connection point. And that's okay. I think it's also... We should we have as a society be great to normalize that sometimes friends are for a season and for a reason. Like you mentioned, they might have served you at one point in your life, but then they don't serve you in another. And that's okay. You don't have to hold on to old like old friendships that might where you just really don't align anymore and you have different value systems and different goals.
0: Yeah. And and I love everything you just said. And I would add to that. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes mm-hmm, we're busy. Absolutely. Sometimes we're going through a tough time. Sometimes like we can't hold happiness and pain at the same time. And we need to give ourselves the, the space and the distance. And that as a result makes a friendship shift a little bit into something different than it was. And I think depending on the friendship and depending on, you know, how strong that friendship is, you can decide whether or not you revisit it and say, okay, listen, I'm sorry. I was, you know, not available when you went through X, Y, Z thing for better or for worse, but this is where I was. And I think some friendships will become stronger and some friendships won't. And, and I think, I think, you know, we have to know that, when we're going, when we're going through that situation um, and the people who are like real, real friends in our lives, I I believe will always be there for us. And we'll always be able to repair what needs to be repaired because the friendship is more important than being right. And that, that's not always true for all friendships.
1: Mm -hmm. I completely agree. So we're coming up close on time. So I want to ask you the million dollar question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. How can we be as happy as we look on social media? So (laughs) (laughs)
0: you're the best. I, I love this question. I think we have to live a life off of social media that feels really good to us and for us. And that might even mean an imperfect life. So Mm. we might be single and want to be in a relationship. We might be in a situation where we have a healthy child and we long for another, and we're going through secondary infertility. We might be looking for a job because we just got fired or because we realized through this past year that the job we pursued isn't giving us meaning anymore. I think when we can hold the imperfections and be okay with where we are, that enables us to be as happy online as we are offline because we're living a life that we're embracing. And sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's perfect. You know, it just, it's life. And I think when we have this vision of what life is supposed to be and where we should be at this age and what we should have at this point because of life or our efforts or whatever, that's where I think we can be disappointed and not be balanced. But when we look at everything as this big picture and we can see where we are, can be grateful and we can see where we can have growth and we can see where things are unfair and hold it all at the same time, that's when I think we can really be happy. Ooh,
1: take me to church, Jessica. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to finish reading your book. Tell us where everyone can read your book and where they can find you.
0: Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. You're awesome. My book is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And in Barnes & Noble, you can find it where independent bookstores are selling books in your area and people can find me on instagram at Abo tv and if someone wants to email me they can go to my website jessicaabo.com and there's a contact tab and that will go straight
1: to my team wonderful and awesome. everyone listening i will link everything in the show notes so be sure to connect with jessica and read her book because it's a goodie thank you all for listening and catch us next week for the next episode For joining us this week on the New Mamas Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Have a friend that would like this podcast? Share the love. Stay in touch. Definitely give us a follow on Instagram at New Mamas Podcast. I'd also love to continue the conversation with you on my personal account, so let's be friends. Slide into my DMs at Lena Forrestal. Finally, be sure to check out my blog at linaforesell.com for all things motherhood, homesteading, and recipes that both you and baby will love. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week's episode.